Hey, you're listening to Smoke Mead. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. Smoke Mead's brought to you by Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, come on down there. Jeremy and the gang always make you feel like family from the first time you're in there and every time you're in there. Great food, great drinks, great people. I goes to Joe's and so should you. Corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia in the bottom of the Lamar building. Today my guest is Master Hypnotist Gary Conrad. Gary has been doing shows forever. I remember seeing him back in 1990 at the Comedy House Theater in Augusta. I've always loved him. He does such a great show. Everybody gets a good laugh out of it and just has a really good time. Today I get to sit and pick Gary's brain a little bit. And hopefully he's not going to pick mine. If this thing winds up funky, then you'll know I've been hypnotized without knowing it. Oh yeah, it's liable to get a little wild. So here we go. Let's kick this off with Gary. Hey Gary, how you doing today, man? Best day of my life. Oh, outstanding. Fantastic. I'm finally on your show. Hey, the great ones dig deep, man. (laughs) The great ones. Hey, let's go to your website. Very interesting. Well, thank you very, very much. Some of that stuff you got posted on Facebook and all that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely an eclectic person. (laughs) Yep, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, I remember... You know, when I first heard about you, I was just getting started in comedy, you know, down there at the, the Comedy House in Augusta. And I remember seeing your yeah, picture. There were two wall. comedy houses. Which, which Were you on uh, the one behind the jewelers there, or, you, or were you on the one up by the, I think a Wendy's was next door to it? Yeah, the, the Wendy's was next door there on Washington Road. That was an amazing club. I mean, it was small. I think it held 200, if that. And it... In terms of utilization, it seemed like every cubic foot of that place was uh, was utilized. But they had some wonderful people on stages there. I know I recommended Ron White because I, I knew him when I used to live in Texas. And uh, I said, you got to get this guy in here in Augusta. Because I used to work Augusta, I guess it was four weeks a year, Tuesday through Sunday. And get on the radio or TV or which everybody thinks you're doing because you're famous or something. But what it really is, you're promoting. And America thinks it's all not what. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks, okay, this guy's on stage. He's rich. No, I'm, I've been on stage and I'm, <laughs> I'm support. I got a fart to get a cent in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like, it's a consummation without me to be wished. <laughs> yeah, they're all rich. That's funny. But that used to be the old post office, right? Yeah, no, the, the post office was yeah, the one behind the jeweler. I'm sorry? Yeah, the post office, I think, was the one behind the jeweler. Um, I thought that one, I, I thought they had the old post office behind the well, you broke up a little bit. Just well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of good uh, people coming in and out of that stuff, and uh, I miss all of you know, that comedy house since the close. They had a couple of people take stabs at the end comedy, but nothing, nothing Yeah, you're you're getting really broke up. Oh. Well, I'm walking around. Oh, okay. That's a little bit better. 
All right, we're better now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I saw some great people in Augusta. Um, you know, doing open mic down there. Even I got to open for some neat people. I, I got open for um, Dead Gummit. <laughs> I opened for Carrot Top one time. And uh, really, yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, got open, I bet got to open for James Gregory. That was really cool. Um, James no, Gregory. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the few men that ever opened up for the Nasty Girls. That was that was <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> you know, James is still around. He's getting up there in age, the lucky ones do. But uh, he's still around. He does his comedy. I guess it's slowed down now with this virus stuff. But uh, it's amazing how he has had such a long career. Um, he's got his following, but he pays attention on marketing like nobody did. Oh, you ain't kidding. It was all about the marketing and advertising and get my poster up there and, you know, can I be on your show? And uh, I don't know if he does a uh, room that's the size of that comedy house. Maybe either comedy house mm-hmm. that were there. He does mostly these theaters, well, he from was, what I could tell. He was in Social Circle not long ago, and uh, I know there's not anything really big over there. So I don't know, but I know he's he's wherever he goes, he can sell out. Yep, yep, they love him. Oh yeah, kind of like this hit and I think, know named Gary Conrad. <laughs> well, yeah, hypnotist, you always got your hand on your wallet when you're talking. I'm not going to take this out, <laughs> even if he suggests it. Yeah, we uh we did a show in Gatlinburg a couple of years ago. I took my daughters to it and uh they mm-hmm. they talked me into getting on stage and trying to get hypnotized and the guy mm-hmm. couldn't get me under. I was so disappointed. Well first of all they're never under Durant. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was no success when you said the word try because inherent within the word try is an allowance for failure. Mm-hmm. If uh I said to you, hey, I'm having a party at my house next week. I'd like for you to attend. And if you responded, I'll try to be there, you just told me you're not coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, he... he you know, once it becomes a, a, a mental arm wrestling contest, the, the hypnotist doesn't have a chance. Yeah. But, how should I say, uh, you get more flies with honey than vinegar, so if you can entice them to come up, and say, this is so much fun, which actually, at the end of the evening, I believe it does become a lot of fun. Um, that's a different scenario. But, it, you know, I suppose like a lot of other things, you got to get your definitions down. For me, the hypnosis is the alpha brainwave state. Mm-hmm. If you look at, if you ever watch these medical shows where they got kind of that, what do they call it, an electroencephalogram where they got kind of like a sine, cosine type, type of wavy squiggle. Well, it's one way when, you know, we're speaking as we are now and listening and making evaluations. When you're sleeping, the curve is much flatter. And, of course, when you're flatline, you're dead. But in hypnosis, which they'll ter- they term the alpha brainwave state, you are, it is very, very similar to what you're experiencing right now. 
just different enough to warrant its own category instead of characteristics. Mm-hmm. One of which is suggestibility, a type of learning, heightened suggestibility, a type of learning, not uh, susceptibility or naivety. It's uh, more of a type of learning. So every human being goes into alpha just before they go to sleep at night and just before they wake up. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you had no success in Gatlinburg, um, in a certain way, that fellow was just negotiating with you to do something for the third time that you already done twice within the preceding 24 hours, assuming that you slept that night. So... That's kind of inside showbiz <laughs> revelations. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the, the public as a rule, they're not that interested in uh, the technique or is he hypnotized or not. They're more interested in giving us some funny stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Augusta has had some hilarious... I remember... Uh, I guess I want to say it was 1999 when they had that thing when the calendar turns to 2000 and airplanes are going to fall out of the sky and, you know, they're going to be... And all these companies were paying billions and billions of dollars to make sure of something or other. And they thought, you a lot of people could be dying. And we had this one gal on stage that said, all right, you're in charge of this project for the whole United States. And uh, you have to... Articulate your posture on this particular crisis. And she got up there, this gal was saying something to the effect, Well, listen, I'm very sorry, but y'all old people, y'all got to go. If you're over 40, you got to go. Um, we're sorry, you had your life, you got to get the younger people. <laughs> and she went on and on and on and uh, poker face. I mean, serious. Serious as can be. And the audience was just loving it. I, 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 I thought it was hilarious. But for me, Augusta always had some... There was always wild stuff going on in Augusta. I remember... Uh, I want to say one of the funniest things I ever saw was... And I'll leave a name out, but... <laughs> he was known as the town stud, let's say. Mm-hmm. And all the girls were crazy man. about this guy. What's that? You you can go on ahead and say my name. <laughs> no, 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 no. What what happened was he was, he got hypnotized, and in them days he he put I reckon it was about ten chairs on stage and two on a side or nine or something like that. Well, he was sitting down below on the side of the stage, and there was an empty two empty chairs next to him. So. I saw him there, and I knew who he was, or rather what his reputation was, and um, I got a blow-up doll that was, you know, it had like gym shorts and a t-shirt on, and I said to him, when you open your eyes, you're going to look here, and you're going to see right next to you is the finest, finest-looking gal you ever come across in your life. She is the it girl for you. There's just something about her. And it is driving you wild with attraction. You are just, she's, she's it. <laughs> so uh, he kind of woke up, looked around, 
kind of sat, you know, nudged over a little closer to her, put his arm around a blow-up doll, and uh, at that moment, a waitress just happened by, and he said to the waitress, get me a Jack and Coke and make her hers a double. <laughs> if you see a guy looking to look her up a blow-up doll, what are they saying in the South? That right there, that's funny. All day long, 24-7. Oh, man. And the, the cool thing is, I'm sure stuff like this happens just about every show. Well, you know. yeah, but, you know, Augusta was always something special. Definitely. I had one I want to get risque, but <laughs> oh, you able to put some stuff right against the front of the stage. You broke up again. In '83 or something, I had like a little mini curl hat with a flower coming out, <laughs> and uh, they're watching the show. Very polite, unassuming mom pocket from Kansas. And at the moment, I was given a, a suggestion that uh, that the uh, the participants thought I had a gas attack, and uh, that it was very foul, and they didn't like it, and all that. And just at that moment, I state would have it. I experienced a bit of genuine flatulence myself. <laughs> and what do you, what do you all call it? Diapagetti. Yeah. So it washes away those two innocents. And she turned to him, and while a skit's going on, and the people on stage hypnotize it, and she, I guess she caught a whiff of that, so she goes, Harvey, you think we might be hypnotized? <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Man. But there are a lot of stories to tell in Augusta. Oh, man. About Augusta and how uh, how they uh, participated. And, you know, Augusta, like I say, it's always been a great comedy town when they got comedy there. And uh, I know after the yeah, they had a closed, couple places they had a drought for a long time. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they had every now and then they'll, they'll have a place to do it or do it for a while, or maybe we'll just have a guest appearance by a, 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 a comedic entertainer. And uh, that's that, but um, it, it, it does take markets, I assure you. Yeah. Now, the place that sponsors my podcast is a place called Joe's Underground down there in the bottom of the Lamar building, down there mm -hmm. in Ethan Broad. They, right. they have always done, you know, music and just things like that, but they opened up to comedy and just did it with open arms. I mean, they they love having it there any chance they get, and it's such a... It's, uh, I hate to use the word small, but it's a small venue. But it's well, how many does it hold? It probably holds how many can a, be seated? Probably about a hundred. But All right. I mean, it's such a great place. I mean, the atmosphere there is so wonderful. Everybody that comes there comes to laugh. And I've never had a place underground, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, when we get off the air, remind me, and I'll 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 give you their information. I mean, they're they're such a great place. What part of town are they located? This downtown. Downtown. Yeah, you know the tall building with the looks like the mirrors on top of it. They're in the bottom of that, down there at Eighth Broad. Hmm. Yeah.
I probably I probably been there, but don't remember it. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Stealing. Which means I had fun. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of people's story. They've been there and don't remember it. Been there. <laughs> but I always joke, I say well, I played a lot of holes in the wall, but I'd never played a hole in the ground until I got the Joes. <laughs> but they, they've always just been yeah, so gracious. It, um, there was another guy looking open a comedy club. Forget what part of town. I think it was a gold gym or something near it. No, it wasn't a gold gym. Yeah, it was a gold Yeah, it, it used I'm to be a gold gym. I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, He actually wound up opening a sports bar there. Ah, uh, he made a sports bar. Yeah, because some of the fire regulations and things he would have to do to have live entertainment were just, they were way out of uh-huh. cost for, for him when he when he was opening. So he wound up doing the sports well, bar. Well, you know, that red tape can surely add to the bill. Yeah, definitely. I know Columbia, South Carolina. Um, they had a club, and it moved to from one county to another. And uh, the owner said to me, "If I knew how much more money I'd have to pump into this project, just I would have stayed at the old location." <laughs> and uh, but, you know, there is some safety factors, certainly, and uh, nobody wants to be sitting in a potential inferno yeah yeah you know and that's that's one thing people don't understand whenever they you know you, you have a a ticket price that's not two dollars a ticket you know they think well this guy's just trying to get rich you know the performer don't get a lot of that if any you know a lot of people don't do door deals and that's all overhead and things that you know you have to do i'm gonna, I'm gonna hit pause for just a second my wife's calling me hang on just a Okay. Yeah, but people think that, you know, the performers are going to get rich off these ticket prices. They don't understand the cost of, of doing these things. I mean, just, just having your club open is ridiculous. Well, you know, they, they, if you can fill up a larger venue and the economies of scale kick in, then you can make money. But the smaller places, very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, what, what a lot of people don't realize is comedy if you're doing it full time, that's how you feed your family. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pay, they'll pay, uh, uh, up for a, uh, a song or a video back in the day when they sold records or whatever CDs, they pay up for them. So, you know, most of the comedy club tickets, I remember the comedy house was something like usually about 10, 12 bucks on a weekend and about eight bucks during a week yeah. itself. So, um, I didn't think that was too bad. No, they, they were usually pretty good and their, their food and drinks weren't bad either. I think they had the two drink minimum, which yeehaw. Two item minimum. Yeah, that's right. Two item minimum. Right. But yeah, to watch my show, you need two drinks anyway. So. Well, <laughs> Well, they say the stuff we do is funnier when you got a few in you, but... Oh, yeah. I'm hilarious. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, see, like, for what I do, if they had, like, a drink, that'd be fine, kind of relax them a little. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if they go up there inebriated, I can't do anything with them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I've noticed one thing in any, any of the hypnosis shows that I've been to, you know, you have a set, I'm, I'm sure there's a certain person like this on every show. You've got that one person who you think is just going to be over the top and they're not really. And then you have that little shy person who just is, holy crap. <laughs> is the yeah, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, amazingly, um, after the show, they go back to that initial, initial, uh, subdued persona. Yeah. But that does happen. Not every show, but that, that does happen. I had uh, an instance in Augusta. Um, I, I think it was around, yeah, it was the Christmas show we were thinking. We brought him back to five years old, and then we had him visit with Santa Claus, and Santa Claus is a bad Santa. Long before that movie came out. But uh-huh. Anyway, um, I'm asking this gal who thought she was five questions, and she's answering me in German. <laughs> and after the show, the mom come up, and that went on for a while. So after the show, the mom come up to me, and she had a German brogue, and she said, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm from Germany. I married a, an American pilot. We sent our daughter to uh, German schools rather than go to school on the military base. And he, he the father, was gone a lot with the military. So at home, most of the language spoken was German. Mm-hmm. And she said, we moved here, I guess she said, when Miguel was about, about 12, 14, somewhere in there, and then, of course, she started going to attending American schools, and she lost a lot of her language skills. Mm-hmm. The part she 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 still maintained that uh, passive recognition, but was not able to do the active replication, actively speak German. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my mom. Uh, my, well, my grandma on the one side, they, they were both the grandparents were from Italy. And my mom, too, when they would speak Italian, she could understand what they were saying, but she couldn't or wouldn't speak it. Same type deal. So the lady come up to me and said, you know, she hasn't spoken German, you know, sentences, paragraphs, what have you, since she was about 12. <laughs> And here she is on stage, I guess at the time she was on stage, she must have been 24, 26, somewhere in there. And she goes, that's the first time I heard her speaking German. <laughs> Just about when we came to America. So I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, it's funny, you know, people... It's certainly a break from the scatological anecdotes that we gave you it's funny, people don't understand what the mind's capable of. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. It just, man, you know, you, you hold a lot more than you think you do. And Well, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, uh, there was one boy, he, uh, he told me it was a bunch of them, they were their favorite entertainment stars. So this guy's doing Elvis karate kicks. <laughs> And he swung his leg around. He must have missed my big fat nose by about a millimeter. 
But after the show, I said to him, uh, how long have you been doing your martial arts? Said, what are you talking about? <laughs> but he watched so many Elvis videos back in the day that you know, he was doing karate moves and singing and it was amazing. Oh, man. That was the old funny bone comedy club in Arlington, Texas. Yeah. It was a great club. Well, I know right now with the, the, you know, the COVID thing going on, you're not doing a whole lot as far as the, the shows are going because I mean, all my shows got canceled. Yeah. Um, in fact, oddly, I, I got a, a, an email from a fella. I was supposed to work him in the, work his room in Winchester, Virginia, July the 11th. Mm-hmm. And he, he flat out asked me, you know, how do you feel about doing the show? And I said, from what I could tell, it's a little early yet. Because, you know, if you're a speaker, you're right at the microphone and you're projecting or, you know, maybe you can have uh, a way via distancing or what have you to make it, you know, safe or safer. Yeah. But with what I do, it's they're almost exchanging body fluids. I mean, they're laying all over the place on top of one another. Yeah. And truthfully, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything probably until next year. Yeah. Or at least it, whether it's determined whether they get that second outbreak when the weather turns colder yeah. or not. I hope this thing's winding down. Um, I really do. Well, yeah. I mean, I, everybody hears that a lot, but, you know, you still got people dying from it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, interestingly, uh, I'm, I'm told the younger people, a lot of them, well, they, they just come out with a report saying that asymptomatic, if you're asymptomatic, it's very difficult to get it to somebody else. Yeah, I saw that report, and to me, they just, I don't know how they know that, because right. we, we know nothing about this thing, and, you know, I see this thing every day. Not as much as we did, but it's still there, and it's, it's scary. My best buddy's a doc, and he says, he, I believe doctor, and he said, they're not going to know what happened. It's going to take five years. Yeah. So they're going to be able to figure it out, what happened, and all, but. You know, they, they still don't really have uh, a vaccine for the flu. I mean, they'll give you some kind of what they call a cocktail, and these are most likely types, but all types of flu don't respond to that, and let alone a common cold. But I think it's going to be a while before the hypnotist trade gets back on stage. I had a lot of uh, proms post proms in the upper Midwest booked. Mm-hmm. I had to do that one night. I do a midnight show, this little town in North Dakota, and then go down the road 30 miles and do another one a couple hours later. Yeah. And both got canceled. And, uh, I mean, if somebody wants to do it, I'll do it, but it's, yeah, I think it would be safer like with the palm situation because they're younger; they don't seem to be, you know, affected by it as much. Yeah, maybe maybe corporate gigs, you know, where everybody you know works together constantly anyway. 
You know, a lot of people. Are I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they know. You know, the guy asked me what about our date for July 11th. I told him I'd do what he wanted to do, but I think it's early. Yeah, I, I think it is. And I, I'd rather err on the side of caution and get somebody sick. I mean, you know, we're not there for the, to get them sick. We're there to entertain them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm aching to get back on stage, but I'm like you. I want it to be where I'm not killing my fans. I, I want to kill on stage, but not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively, not literally. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but, uh, you know, but the stand-up, I think they're, they're already doing it. It's come back. I don't know about the shooting and all that, but I'm sure it's they're, they're probably about 25% capacity. Yeah, we, and they can't live on 25% capacity. We, you were mentioning fixed costs before. Most of these comedy clubs, the overhead is just so high that they need, you know, they, they need a packed house yeah. to, to make money because there's, you know, for uh, live entertainment, there are a lot of additional taxes they have to pay, mm-hmm. a lot of additional considerations, a lot of different requirements. Yeah. And, uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, well, definitely. You know, maybe, maybe it's going to be an outdoor venue that is going to start this whole thing up first rather than being inside and then go from there. Yeah, but with, with what I do, I, I I doubt there's going to be much of anything for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, I'm going to still get people to go to your website. It's GaryConrad.com. That's me, and, GaryConrad.com. And check it out. I'm I'm looking. And I got all kinds of pictures up there. Some of which may have been taken at that uh, Augusta Comedy House. Yeah, I was I was looking over it a while ago, and there's all kinds. Of, I like the theme shows. Yeah, yeah, you know, you talk marketing, I, I was doing that to differentiate myself mm-hmm. amongst competitors, because like any other business, there's always competition. But, um, you know, I, I just about got an attack, putting the final touches on my Italian show, mm-hmm. which might be popular around Columbus Day or whatever mm-hmm. kind of Italian festival Italian might hold. And uh, I do got the Oktoberfest show, which is mostly, you know, Teutonic show. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Valentine's show, Easter show, Christmas show, Thanksgiving show, Halloween show, Naughty show. We got a squeaky clean one for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, now I'm adding that Italian show to it. Then I'm gonna do like a bar mitzvah show like I have that done already. Nice. Oh man, I'm... so um, you know, it, for, at times like this for performers, it's a time to write material, and a lot of them are creative. You know, yourself included, in terms of having a way to communicate with the public. But you know, for comedy, for real good stand-up comedy, I think you need a live audience. Yeah, because you feel and that for I that. think it's. It just doesn't cut it when you're, you say, well, great, I'll just video myself doing my act and people are going to pay and see it. And normally, they come out in groups, groups of four, groups of six, of friends come out. Oh, let's go see this guy. He's pretty dang funny. Yeah. And it's just not the same experience. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you know, on stage I feed off the crowd. I, I actually taped um, 10 minutes the other day on my back porch for a project. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I was all right, but I, I didn't give it what I could, I don't think, because, you know, there was nobody to feed off of. It's me and my camera. Right, right. That feedback and then the extemporaneous comments. I think sports could work. I think they could use sports if there were no audience. Yeah. Of course, it would be the same, but I think it could be done. But with, with comedy, some of that, I think that, I think that, that audience is essential. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gary, I've had a ball talking to you today on this thing. I could, um, I, I'm, you're welcome on here anytime you want to be on here. You've got this number. All you got to do is call and say, hey, fat boy, I want to get on the show. And you're here. <laughs> well, maybe I'll be making sausages for you. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, you know, because uh, I don't know how much more there is for me to talk about the business. Until we start up again. Hey, we'll we'll figure it out, man. But I've had a ball with you today, and I appreciate you coming on here so much. Yeah. Yeah, sure, anytime.